Indiana might have missed out on Xavier Booker in the 2023 recruiting class. That's not stopping them from trying to reel in a big fish in the 2024 class. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, August 5th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We spent a good amount of this week talking about uh, IU basketball recruiting. Miss out on Xavier Booker last weekend. They've shifted their focus to a couple of prospects in that 2023 class, but uh, obviously they can't turn their full attention to 2023. They have one of the big fish in the 2024 class coming in for a visit uh, next month. Five-star 2024 forward Liam McNeely, someone we've talked about previously on this podcast, has scheduled an Indiana official visit. Uh, McNeely will be visiting IU uh, September 23rd through September 25th. Uh, Like I said, 6'7 forward. He's ranked number 18 in the 2024 class on 247 Sports. IU was active uh, this spring and summer on recruiting McNeely. He has a number of offers from lots and lots of schools, probably some of the most notable ones, Texas, uh, Big Ten foes, Illinois, Iowa, LSU, Notre Dame. Now, where in Indiana could have the inside track, uh, Neely, or excuse me, McNeely plays at Montverde Academy, and we know that IU has made some inroads into Montverde and uh, have kind of created a a weak pipeline, but one that could be growing a lot stronger, especially if they land another five-star prospect from there in McNeely. Uh, Trevor Andershock of 247 Sports, uh, here's kind of his piece-together summary of McNeely, he's long, athletic, and skilled for a 2024 forward. His best game of the e- of a EYBL event that he was recapping uh, came against Houston Hoops when McNeely scored 18 points. He's an inside-outside threat that will rebound and defend multiple positions. Uh, Brandon Jenkins, who is a national recruiting analyst for 247 Sports, went uh, much more kind of in-depth on McNeely, a uh, quote, is it, uh, he's as versatile as they come in the 2024 class. He has the handle and feel to initiate an offense through pressure and is, has a textbook shooting stroke. Uh, he has the capacity to be a knockdown three-point shooter at a high level, uh, but the best area of his game is his vision, uh, which is way above average, and he's willing to find the open man. He's unselfish to a fault, but with his, uh, his aggression as a scorer, it's going to come as he becomes more comfortable with uh, his game, gets more confidence into his game. Uh, extreme talent with high IQ who is only just beginning to tap into his upside. We've seen IU target 
similar players to this, these kind of big wings that are able to do a lot of things. TJ Power uh, in the 2023 class. Deshaun uh, Harris-Smith, maybe not quite as big, but someone that can do a lot of things. Um, we've heard prospects talk about their conversations with Tom Allen. Excuse me. <laughs> We're going to talk football and Tom Allen later with Mike Woodson and discuss how he doesn't pigeonhole guys into point guard, shooting guard, so on and so forth. He kind of wants positionless basketball. We talked to Jason Jordan earlier this week, who and he was talking about how coaches are focused on finding five playmakers to put on the floor at once. Um, Indiana has that coming in next season with Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton, guys who can play multiple positions, defend multiple positions. It seems like McNeely is another player that can be of that ilk. So no surprise that Indiana is targeting him in this 2024 class. Uh, we got well over a month before he's going to be on campus. So eventually we'll talk a little bit more about him. We, we might discuss him next week with uh, Jason Jordan in our recruiting episode. Just get his opinion on McNeely. And it's early see where things kind of stand in his recruitment. So uh, an interesting, interesting development in the 2024 class uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers. One other thing of note related to basketball, uh, the 11 IU men's and women's basketball players signed NIL deals with Hoosiers for good, which we talked about uh, earlier in the spring. That's the NIL uh, nonprofit organization that has, uh, been kind of led up by Fred Glass, former athletic director, that partners um, players with or athletes with various entities around Bloomington, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, things of that nature. And uh, they announced in the spring a class that included Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, a number of other athletes uh, across all sports. They signed 11 basketball players, 10 men's players, one women's player, Jalen hood Shafino, Malik Renault, Caleb Banks, and CJ Gunn, uh, all freshmen, uh, Tamar Bates and Logan Duncombe, Trey Galloway and Jordan Geronimo, and Xavier Johnson and Miller Cop are the 10 players to join Trace and Race. Um, the women's basketball player was Sydney Parrish, who is now the third uh, women's basketball player with an NIL deal joined with. Uh, Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger. So uh, great news for them. Uh, in total, these 11 players uh, will collectively spread $425,000 amongst them. I don't believe it's necessarily spread equally, but that's over $30,000 if it were spread equally. So to give you a sense of what these players are taking in, it's about time they got paid for what uh what they're worth and the notoriety and and money they bring to uh the campus and the school so happy for all of them happy for this nil project that is bringing in lots and lots of money and it seems to be exactly what nil should be uh and kind of the ideal uh use of nil switching gears to football uh athlon who we've talked a lot about some of the content they've produced has an annual piece where they talk to big 10 coaches 
get anonymous quotes and they talk about each school. A lot to dive into when it comes to IU football. We're going to do that next. Before we jump into that, I want to talk about today's sponsor. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sport and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Uh, go subscribe to our YouTube audience i can't i keep saying this it, it's true we have a bigger audience on youtube than we do uh, on podcasts so if you're listening to us right now head on over to youtube subscribe join in on the conversation over there uh, be sure you guys aren't missing out on our daily episodes uploaded uh, and they premiere i should say at 7 a.m every morning let's talk about these anonymous quotes and Typically, I'm not really a fan of anonymous quotes, especially when it comes to pro sports, when you're talking anonymous front office executives, anonymous scouts, anonymous anybody kind of of that ilk, because typically it's used to say some crazy outlandish things that people are just too afraid to put their name to. Um, and I don't love it. But what Athlon does is talks to Big Ten coaches and gets anonymous quotes about their conference foes heading into 2022. And I think this is a lot different and actually insightful in a number of ways because as much as I would ever claim to know about football or basketball or anything, coaches are going to know more than me. Uh, so it's interesting to get their uh, opinion of the programs. Now, we're going to start with some kind of general thoughts that were provided mainly about Tom Allen and the program. One of the first quotes, uh, quote, big questions here. They're coming off a season that was underwhelming, but I think you also saw a lot of changes to what we thought Tom Allen had succeeded in putting in place. Uh, a separate quote, uh, as the season went on, you could see their players were frustrated. You could literally see it on the film. They didn't necessarily quit, but you could say the frustration frustration was causing a lot of issues. I definitely don't think Tom Allen would dispute that second part. He'd be frustrated by it, but I don't think he would dispute it. He hasn't outright said that, but think he's kind of alluded to it. I don't even think he really needs to allude to it. You don't need to be a coach to have watched IU in week three against Cincinnati and week 12 against Purdue, or 13, I guess, with the bye week against Purdue. You could not sit there and tell me that was a team putting in the same amount of effort in both games. It's the nature of a long season and one that by the end of the season, you have two wins. There is really no hope for your season. You're just ready to get it over with. Some senses I can't blame them, but I don't think uh, I don't think anybody is disputing the fact that by the end of the season, everybody was just frustrated and wanted it to be done with. What I take umbrage to is the first part of that. Um, in that there were a lot of challenges to what, uh, we thought 
Tom Allen had succeeded in putting place. It's a little harsh. It's it's hard to argue against that necessarily when you have a two and ten season. Um, my, if I were to argue against it, what I would say is there were a lot of injuries last season that came at really bad times. They really snowballed things, uh, and that really hurt. I I think if IU failed, IU did fail. I think the way IU failed last season had more to do with talent not showing up um, and not performing at a high level and less to do necessarily with any kind of foundation Tom put into place not working. I don't know. Maybe it, 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 those two are connected. If your talented players aren't showing up, then maybe you don't have the foundation the culture that you thought you did to hold everybody accountable and get everybody performing at the same level. So, um, I don't, I, I mean, as an IU football fan, I don't necessarily feel like the culture at Indiana was, was wrong or needed changing in any kind of way. I thought that the team needed changing. Um, but I haven't really once thought that, uh, what Tom Allen has kind of built up needed to change. One other quote to this point, uh, this is the season where we're all going to find out what this program can, whether this program uh, can win sustainably, can they develop talent, can they fill holes on the roster without leaning on the portal, all that. Tom had an amazing 2020 and a weird season, but now it's a test of how good all your fundamentals as a program manager are. You can explain away a lot of things of their 2020. Um, I believe he meant Tom Allen had amazing. Um, the the quote's just a little odd, but obviously he meant IU had a really good year in the pandemic year. You can explain away a lot of their 2020, and you can explain away a lot of their 2021. But as long as they're relatively healthy, this is a season where we find out about these guys. Again, a little harsh. Uh, an interesting quote Taiwan Mullen had at Media Day that I mentioned a couple times was that he said that IU was not the two and ten team that they looked like last season. Which, depending on how cynical you are, you can take that a number of ways. You can say you are what your record says you are. You can say you can disagree with that. I, from a talent standpoint, I don't think that. IU was a two-win team last season, but at the end of the day, they were a two-win team last season. So it's hard to say you aren't what your record says you are in that sense. So um, Taiwan Mullen had that to say, but he also said it felt like people had forgotten what they did before the COVID year. And I that part I 100% agree with. It, w- it I don't want to say it wasn't a flash in the pan the COVID year, but Tom Allen was building to something. Now, did we expect him to build to what the COVID year ended up being? No, I don't think anybody expected that. But what we got was kind of gradual improvement. And then the COVID year happened and we shot up maybe higher than we should have. But it wasn't like Indiana was kind of going this flat way and then had this great year and then fell back down to this flat way. IU was going up had the great COVID year. They fell down well below anything Tom Allen's had. Now the challenge I can understand is getting back, uh, growing in a positive direction. But I just felt like, I feel like there's a lot of context not applied. I mean, I feel like people think the COVID year was really good. Last year was really bad. 
is IU the, the first one or the second one? And you're ignoring four years, uh, three years of work from Tom Allen leading up to that when the program was on an upward trajectory. So I, I just kind of get frustrated by some of the context of these answers. And I, I, I mean, IU football is not a place where you necessarily have to win uh, and be win sustainably to keep your job. Um, especially if the basketball program's doing well, you can kind of skate under the surface as a football team. That's not what Tom Allen wants, but there isn't the pressure on IU football that there is on IU basketball. If IU basketball had a season like back-to-back seasons, like they did the football team did where they're kind of building, they're building, maybe they make the tournament and then wham, they're in the final four. And then wham, they're a five win, uh, big 10 team. I use coach is probably fired. Uh, there's certainly people calling for his head. I'm sure nobody's calling for Tom Allen's head. There's a lot of differences there. So this is in, in a lot of senses, a do or die season of sorts. And we'll learn some things about IU's program and what the future holds this year. But uh, I don't think this is any kind of make or break year for Tom Allen moving forward. There are a couple more Quote specific to the offense and defense. We'll talk about them uh, in wrapping up uh, the final segment of today's show. So there are a lot of unknowns about this IU offense. Uh, and that's because so many of them are so many pieces of that offense are transfers that we haven't seen firsthand. Uh, we can lean on other people to tell us about them. We talked to, Locked on Mizzou about Connor Bazelik. We talked to Locked on Auburn about Sean Shivers. Um, we can learn as much as we want, but until we see them, there's just a lot of unknowns. So uh, interesting quote about the offense here from one of those anonymous coaches. The Missouri kid, Bazelik, is it uh, is it for them? If he can get things going, if they can find some help on the outside and he gets something going with his receivers, they can bounce back. The back from Auburn, Shivers, is a big gift for them. He can help them get creative with scheme. So we haven't talked a ton about the quarterback battle, and I kind of want to save it for a bigger debate, maybe on next week's show. Uh, But it is interesting that Bazelik came to Indiana where he knew there would be a quarterback battle, uh, but was willing to do that versus whatever was going to happen at Missouri. Um, but is the ceiling higher with Bazelik versus Tuttle? Uh, again, it's one of those things it's hard to really say because we're just kind of going off like word of mouth from people and highlight videos watching Bazelik versus we've watched Jack Tuttle and I. it's been underwhelming generally, I think. Uh, he's had his moments, that Wisconsin game, that he led IU to the victory and he played terrific, made a couple of incredible passes. That was the high mark. And he hasn't really kind of met that in any other game. So is, does IU turn to Bazelak where he has more room to grow? He's younger. The ceiling might be a little higher. He can build some chemistry with some of these receivers for the future. Uh, it's an interesting debate. I, I don't know that I would describe Bazelik as kind of it for them. And if he gets things going, 
IU will be fine necessarily. I think there are way too many moving parts in this offense, this unknown offense, this unknown entity to, to say any one guy is going to be it for them. There's a lot of pieces that could be intriguing. Um, I'm really excited to see what Sean Shivers brings to the table. We've talked a lot about him. Uh, he's a, an interesting running back, a fun running back, kind of one of those small but powerful running backs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how IU uses him. We talked a lot about IU needing a third down back. Shivers was that for Auburn. So maybe IU doesn't need a third down back as much if Shivers can prove to be that three down back uh, during the first couple games of the season. Going to be interesting to see how this offense unfolds. There's going to be a lot to still talk about. If you missed it on Thursday's show, we talked about the first depth chart. We spent a whole segment on the wide receivers because, boy, do we know nothing about what these wide receivers are going to be, which is another reason why I, I can't really look at Connor Bazak and say he's going to be it uh, because we don't even really know who he's going to be throwing to yet. When you look at the defense, a lot less questions, surprisingly or not surprisingly, I should say. Coach are a lot higher on that. A quote, they need the defense to carry it for a bit, but they had some guys transfer out, lost some guys up front, and that's where they really struggled. Micah McFadden was a stud. They're going to miss him. That part you absolutely cannot disagree with. IU is going to miss Micah McFadden. They're never going to be able to replace what he brought to the table. He is going to be as tough of a player to um, fill in the gap that IU has had in some time on either side of the ball. He is He was vital to so much of what IU did uh, the last couple of seasons. They are going to need the defense to carry things, especially er early on in the season, because even if uh, even if all the position battles are settled and IU comes into the season with a clear starting 11 on the offensive side of the ball, that's still a group that will have had zero snaps together in actual NFL or <laughs> college football games. So there's going to have to be a lot of learning going on, and there's going to be bumps in the road early in the season. Uh, so the defense is going to have to carry them a bit. Fortunately, it's a fairly soft start to the schedule, uh, and IU should be able to absorb some of those learning curve moments uh, early on. But this defense is going to have to really carry things. We talked about that secondary yesterday. Really excited for what they're going to be able to do next season. There are pieces scattered throughout that that could uh, really step up in that front seven. That front seven has some questions. Really outside of Cam Jones is, is the only certainty there. Uh, you don't know the other linebacker. You don't really necessarily know yet who the other, uh, who the four starters are going to be in the defensive line. So there's some questions there, but overall, a lot more experience on that side of the ball, even in the guys that they brought trained in. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how much the defense can carry early on in the season. And if it's enough uh, to allow the offense some breathing room and the ability to grow and eventually uh, take their own steps forward to help win games. So 
There's going to be a lot of juggling uh, between offense and defense and production this season. The hope is that eventually they find their footing and things take off, unlike last season where at no point did Indiana find its footing and they never took off. Uh, hopefully this year, this season will be different. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you on Monday with hopefully some more uh, news from fall camp. IU hasn't really talked to the media since the start of fall camp. So potentially we'll get some quotes out. If not, uh, we're going to start looking at the schedule for this season. We talked in Tuesday's episode about season openers. If you want to go back and listen to that, we're going to look at this year's season uh, and or this year's schedule, rank some of the games, look at the winnable games, the, the games IU has a shot in, the games we know IU doesn't have a shot in. Uh, and I'm sure we can all guess those are the same ones every year. So a lot to still dive into as we inch closer and closer to football season. Now, I know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your, your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I was on yesterday's show. We talked about these Athlon anonymous quotes, but we obviously did it big picture talking Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, we talked a little bit about IU, but we we talked a lot about uh, Penn State as well. We talked about the conference as a whole, so go give that a listen. Follow us on Twitter, guys, if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave that quick rating and review to help us out. Most importantly, I want everyone listening, watching this show to have a terrific Friday, a great, great weekend, and LEO.